Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Every week, we spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church, interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We'd like to invite you to join us at Harvest Baptist Church this week. We have two services, 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m., We offer Japanese and Korean translation during the 10.45 a.m. service. And that's also when we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, part three of the 10 foolish things people do to mess up their lives. The second commandment this week in Exodus 20, verses four through six, worshiping the right God in the wrong way. Let's begin today's harvest time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, Hoffaday, Chris. We're coming back to our series that we started in the book of Exodus on the Ten Commandments. So if you're listening to that title, Ten Foolish Things People Do to Mess Up Their Lives, it's just maybe an interesting way to talk about the Ten Commandments where God says, here's some things you want to avoid in your life because this just leads to disaster. So we're just going to go through them one by one, and we're on the second commandment this Sunday, um, worshiping, we've, we've defined it, worshiping the right God in the wrong way, but it's really this verse, which you'll remember if you know anything about the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. So we want to look at what does that mean? What does it mean that you shouldn't have any likeness of anything that you worship? How does that affect us? And so uh, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. We've got the two services that you mentioned, Chris. And what we do at Harvest is we just open up the scriptures and try to be honest about what God's word is telling us. And if you join us this Sunday, I think you'll see that and sense that as, as we study God's word together. I'm really glad to have with us Tony and April and Goko, uh, members here at Harvest. And uh, first of all, welcome you guys to Harvest Time. Half a day, Pastor Gary. Half a day to both of you. Um, Tony uh, works uh, for the Navy as a civilian operator. Mm -hmm. That's right. And April has a long-term teacher working now for the last few years here at Harvest, uh, working with our K-4 kids. And uh, we've loved uh, the Angoko family as they've God's brought them to harvest and they've connected in, in a lot of different ways. I'm really looking forward to this conversation um, that we would have uh, with you guys. Um, you guys grow th- both grew up on islands, is that right? Yes. Yes. Tell me about that. Where'd you, what village did you grow up in? What was life like for you when you were growing up? I grew up in the village of Maina and uh, I was born and raised on Guam. I was a devout Catholic. You know, I had very good uh, structured family, a lot of rules, and um, very. Uh, my parents were very strict on uh, learning the things of the Catholic faith. And so we were very, very devout and wanting in the teaching of how to live a life that's pleasing to God, you know, by works and um, just doing the things that we could as a Catholic. So... They were very structured. I want to ask you some more about that, uh, Tony, here in a minute, and both you guys together. April, what about you? Where'd you grow up? And Born and raised here on Guam. 
um, from the village of Jotnia. Um, by the time I was seven, I started studying with Jehovah's Witnesses till about, I was about 19. Okay. Yes. Maybe for both of you, uh, what was it like, you know, growing up here? What are some of your best memories, you know, of kind of growing up on Guam? For me, it was um, going to the ranch and riding my motorcycle. Okay. Yeah, spending a lot of time with my family, hitting the ranch and just doing a lot of camping, going around and just spending time in the great outdoors. You have brothers and sisters? I'm yes, I have three sisters. I'm the oldest uh, boy and only boy. April, what about you? Do you uh, well, tell me about your family, first of all, your siblings. And I have three sisters. Okay. I'm the second to the youngest. No brothers. Okay. Um, but we did a lot of camping, camping on the beach, camping um, just pretty much anywhere back in the day. You can even camp at Talafofo Falls. Wow. So it was a really neat thing to do, and it was always something that we looked forward to, especially during the summers. And you guys have your own family. You have three children. Uh, April, tell us about your kids. Yes. We have one daughter and two sons. Um, our daughter is 21. She's the oldest. And then our second is 19. And then we have a 15-year-old. So two young adults going to college, and then the 15-year-old is attending school here at Harvest. Okay, great. Love your family. Love your kids. Thankful for, uh, you know, just your, your whole family, what God's doing there. Um, tell us, how, how did you guys meet? I mean, everybody wants to hear the romance story, so. Well, um, we attended the same high school. We had mutual friends. Um, one in particular was... His cousin and his sister, who what school I did you go to, hung out with, George Washington High okay. School. Yeah, um, he's two years older than I am, so we didn't really get to talk or hang out. It was just more of I know him, he knew me, um, he was Mr. Popular, I was the shy one. So we didn't really have a friendship until after he graduated right. high school. Okay. We had a, a friend that we both uh, held dear. And one day that friend was asking, Tony, do you know this person? And I said, yeah, I, I see them once in a while. He goes, she's crazy about you. And I said, really? Who is this person? <laughs> April, you can't see, but she's hiding her head and saying no or something. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I would beg her to show me who she was, you know. At the time, I was dating someone else, but nothing serious. So, you know, just like friends. But one day, she did show me who April was. And um, I was like, wow, that girl is really pretty. Mm. I need to meet her someday. And so um, it wasn't until 1997 when um, one of my relatives were in the hospital. And her family relative, was they were sharing the same room. And I looked over through the curtain. I was like, hey, there's that girl. <laughs> you know, and so. How many years after high school is this? Gosh, this was, uh, for me, it was about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. I was still in high she school. She was still in high, high school. school. Okay. So I was like, wow, there's that girl. You know, and then I said, maybe I'll talk to her someday. You know, and um, it just turned out that we ended up uh, meeting through one of my family friends, or my cousin, actually. And. She started hanging around with my cousin, and then when I saw her again, I was like, hey, isn't that so-and-so? And she goes, yeah, and I said, introduce us, because we never formally were introduced to one another. Mm -hmm. And so we just started talking from there, and 
um, yeah, the Lord led the rest. You guys were married when? How long have you been married now? 22 years. Okay. God's done a really great work uh, in your guys' lives. Can you back up sort of to your full spiritual story? Tony, let me ask you first. Tell me, just tell me about, you know, how you came to know Jesus and God's work in your life. Okay, so I grew up in a, in a Catholic background, very devout. Uh, my family was very big on prayer, very big on serving in the church, very big on cleaning the church. And so I had that upbringing where we wanted to be pleasing to the Lord. Well, I always wanted to do what was right. And as I started to grow and I started to know more about the Lord uh, in the Catholic faith, um, they started opening the Bible and we went over the Ten Commandments, and it didn't hit me until we read the Ten Commandments. And we're like, thou shalt not bow down before any carved image. Mm. And that really struck something in my heart that I couldn't shake. And so I would ask my teacher at uh, CCD, why do we do this? You know, um, the Bible says not to do it, but we're doing it. And so I was so afraid that they even had me talk to our priest. Mm. And our priest said, oh, no, don't worry about those things. You know, you're praying through it, not to it. And I said, I don't know. It just feels really wrong. You know, and so I kind of live life thinking half-heartedly. It's okay. It's not okay. And so it, it just, life just went on that way until um, the year 2000. That's when I received the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, being the obedient son that I was, my mom had told me, go and visit your uncle in Chalampago. And I was like, my uncle? Who's my uncle in Chalampago? She said, Uncle Frank, you don't know who he is, but he's a deacon, you know, at a church. And I really want you to hear what he has to say. Mm. And so being the obedient son that I was, I went to visit my uncle, drove up to his house, Knocked on the door and he goes, hey, Tony, we've been expecting you. <laughs> and I was like, hi, um, Uncle Frank. And he goes, yeah, come inside, come inside. There's things I want to share with you. And I was like, how does this guy know what's going on in my life? And, you know, little did I know that my mom was talking with my aunt and they were both sharing about um, the things going on in my life, my relationship with April prior to us um, getting married. And so he, um, he opened up the Bible, and he started sharing me scripture. And as he unfolded the scriptures to me, God started to convict my heart of the things I was doing wrong and how I was living my life. And although I thought, Lord, I'm a good person. Mm. You know, I'm, I go to church every Sunday. I clean the church. I cut the grass. I'm doing the best I can be to be a good person. Surely, uh, you know, um, everything should be okay. But as the scriptures were being unfolded right before me, mm. I felt this deep conviction in my heart that this, this is not right. Something's wrong. Something's really wrong. And at that time, I was, um, I was living in sin. And I, the Lord exposed that to me. And this was... In uh, July of 2000, I went back home where I was staying with my girlfriend at the time. And um, I told her, I said, something happened to me. I don't, I can't explain it. 
you know, but um, I'm going to sleep on the floor, you know, and um, she's like, what happened? What did they do? What did your uncle want to say? You know, and I'll say, I'll explain to you later, but something just feels different. Mm. It feels wrong, you know. So I slept on the floor and um, three times that night, I woke up with this nightmare that I could not explain. I've never been so afraid in my life. And all I kept hearing was eternal damnation, eternal damnation. And so the third time I awoke hearing that word, I got to my knees and I was tearing. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord Jesus, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me, but I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Wow. I don't understand it, but yeah. I accept you and I'm going to do what I need to do for you to work in my life. I said, uh, all these years growing up, I thought I was doing what was right. But after reading the truth of your word, you've convicted me to the point where I don't know what is right. But I do know that following you is the right thing. Mm. And I said, um, I give you my heart and my life to do with. And um, from that point on, I started going to church of Uncle Frank. Mm. And I was going to Bible studies. I was even <laughs> doing like two, uh, two services in the morning because I was so hungry to hear wow, and learn yeah. the Word of God. Wow. Yeah, and he just spoke volumes to me. Wow. So it's a powerful testimony, story yeah. Thank of what, you. God, what God did. So April, you're watching this. He comes home, you know, what's what's going on there with you? And tell me about your part of that. Well, something was definitely happening at the same time. Mm. We didn't know what was going on because when he woke up, he went to the living room and I already had all his things in a big black trash bag. Mm. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I said, it's time for you to, it's time for you to go. Mm. But I did not understand what was going on. As a matter of fact, um, I was so so confused, but I was also concerned that he probably got himself into something yeah. that later on down the line would not be a good choice. Mm. Um, after he left, he called me and he said, we need to talk. And I said, okay. And so we met up and he said, something happened to me. I can't explain it, but I found Jesus. Wow. <laughs> and I said, I don't understand that. Me studying with Jehovah's Witnesses, very different from mm. what he was trying to tell me. Yeah. I was, I didn't see it. And so he ended up saying, um, because of my decision to follow Christ, we're going to have to separate mm -hmm. we can no longer be in this relationship because of you know what god has me you know doing and what the word of god says right and then i became angry yeah and i was like what did you get yourself into mm -hmm. this is not right mm -hmm. who does this well a couple of weeks later i was still so angry he started telling me the Bible studies he was going to, and I said, you know what? I am going to one of those Bible studies. 
And I'm going to convert all of them to Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> and that was my goal. Uh-huh. My goal wasn't to go there and break bread and listen to what they had to say. My goal was to tell them what you are teaching is false and you need to hear the truth. They looked at me and said, come on in, <laughs> you know, join us. And I said, okay, this is something else. Well, God had different plans. That wasn't his plan. It wasn't mm-hmm. his goal. A um, couple of weeks later, we started sharing. They started sharing and talking about who Jesus is, what he's done on the cross, which I've never heard it that way. Mm-hmm. All I knew was he was a created being who came to the earth to walk this perfect life, to be an example for us, who died on a tree. But for what reason? I did not know. Wow. Um, there wasn't any hope for heaven because I was taught we don't go to heaven and hell was not created for humans, so there was no hell. Um, if I died, I just went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes a lot deeper, but just to point those things out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one night they showed me John 1.1. And that just uncovered everything that I've been searching for. Trinity, who is God? Who's Jesus? Why did he die on the cross? (laughs) But my Bible said different. Mm -hmm. It said it was a God. This Bible. John 1.1 is, in the beginning was the the Word, and and the the Word word was with God, and the Word was was God. God. Was God. Yeah, but your Bible said was a A God, God. right? So a very distinct difference in that translation, right? Um, okay, yes. go ahead. And so I said, you know, this can't be true. And they said, you know what? We all have different versions of the Bible. So how about we read them? They all said the same thing except mine. Mm. And that's when God opened my eyes and I literally got up, mm-hmm. ran out of the church building, wow. ran behind the building, and I just cried out. And I said, mm-hmm. Lord, all this time I did not know mm-hmm. what you have done For me to die on the cross, to take my sins and to give me that salvation, that gift of salvation. And I just fell to my knees and I said, please forgive me. I need you. I cannot do this on my own. And I gave and surrendered my life to Christ that Mm -hmm. evening. That was... um the start of your walk with the Lord, right? Yes. It's been a journey, a path, mm-hmm. and just like everybody, there's some ups and downs, right, mm-hmm. along the way. And uh, But God has continued to grow you. It's really powerful, though, hearing, you know, how God in a very specific way at that season of your life, mm-hmm. you know, brought you to such a clarity, both right. of you, in different ways, but very powerful ways of who God is, who Jesus is, what he did on the cross and what it means for us and that we can no longer, you know, like Tony, you Mm -hmm. said originally, all the good things that I've done, they didn't matter. It wasn't somehow earning my salvation or my relationship with God. I needed his forgiveness and I needed a commitment of my life 100% to this God who sent his son to die for me. It's really a powerful story of of God's work in your life. Mm Um, 
we've got time for really only one, well, maybe a couple more questions. Let, let me ask you this first, and then we'll see where we go from this. Um, what brought you to Harvest? I mean, how, how did you guys, you've been coming to Harvest for a few years, members here. How did God do that for you? Um, well, with the pandemic, we were attending online um, with the church that we were going to. And we started talking about the body of Christ and how we miss being with brothers and sisters. God opened up a way for our son to attend Harvest, which at that time we told we were told that the list is so long to get into Harvest sometimes. Well, God opened the door and we said, you know what, let's go to Sunday at Harvest, see if you can meet new, you know, new friends, make new friends before the school year. And we did. His parents were visiting at the time, so we all just came. And when the doors opened, we saw a lot of familiar faces. And we said, you know what? We, lo- we loved the message that day. The songs, it just felt so good to be back serving and worshiping and mm-hmm. fellowshiping with brothers and sisters. And my son made some friends and we said, we're going to come back next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we started coming back Sunday after Sunday and then midweek services. Mm-hmm. And Tony, what's that meant for you and for, for your family, kind of this commitment to this body, this community? It, we're reminded, you know, that uh, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of the believers. And um, so our kids were very much eager to learn and uh, desiring to hear God's word preached. And we've always made it a point to make sure that we would have a place for our kids to learn God's word. And if it wasn't just at home, we wanted it to be with other believers. Mm. And so um, that's how we ended up making the decision to try and come to Harvest. We attended several other churches and we were like, you know, this is this is where we want to serve. You know, this is where we want to grow. We want our kids to be connected so they can have friends and grow together, you know, and start serving the Lord. I love how God's brought you here, and you guys are just such a vital part of our body and growing together. It's it's really cool and fun to mm-hmm. see that take place. Uh, Tony, you had a pretty significant health scare. Just how long ago was that now? Is it 18 months, more than that? Yeah, this was back in uh, 2022, January of 2022. Okay. And so I mentioned earlier, right, my family liked to go um, um, camping and um ATV riding, trailing in the, the mountains. And so um, one Sunday, we went out riding, and um, I just so happened to get a lot of uh, scratches on my arms. And um, as we were riding around, the water was infected with um, some kind of uh, bacteria that got in through my cuts on my arms. And, um, you know, I didn't think anything of it because I've been... I've been doing this all my life, you know, mm. as a, a rest and relaxation type of thing. Two days later, I had a really bad fever that just kept getting worse. And so when I went to the clinic, um, they had told me, you probably have COVID. They did a COVID test and um, come back in three days. So in that time frame, I just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so the second time when I had gone back to the clinic, they had told me that um, I probably got sick from something in the environment. 
I was kind of weak and I wasn't really thinking straight anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they had given me some IV. I felt a little better. But um, when I had gone home, I significantly got worse. And uh, at that point, I was just telling April, I said, I don't know what's going on, but I've never felt this sick in my life. And You're a healthy guy. Yeah. Yeah, you eat right, you exercise, You're yeah. you, and you're young. So yeah. it and was a surprise to everybody. It was a surprise. And so um, I was telling her what was going on. I said, I'm really feeling scared about this. And she was getting even more worried. Then I started to hallucinate. I started um, moving around, and she was just looking at my demeanor and everything. She goes, this is not this is not your dad right now. Something's wrong. And so um, she ended up calling the ambulance. And um, maybe she can fill in for the parts where... Because you were out. No. I was out, yeah. yeah. April, what happened there? So when the medics came in, they took a look at him. Didn't tell me, but apparently at that time, we already lost him. So they had my boys put him up, and they asked us to leave the room. They later told me that they were trying to revive him Mm -hmm. um, just so that they could get him into the ambulance to get to Naval Hospital. So that's what happened from the house. But on the way, he crashed again. It happened three times because even at the hospital, before they allowed me to see him, it took such a long time because they were trying to get him back. Um, At that point, they told me if... He's not going to survive. If he does, he will have, he'll be practically brain dead um, because of his fever that was at 106. Things were developing. He had kidney mm -hmm. failure, liver failure. Organs, yeah. My organs just shut down at that point. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have any details besides the name of the bacteria that, you know, infected him, um, and that's all I had. And then I shared it with one person, and I had no idea. She started sharing, and people started praying. Mm. They started coming alongside us just praying, and we were new to Harvest, so we didn't know much people, but we heard so many people from Harvest were, were praying, and then you walk mm. through the parking lot, And my kids are like, is that the pastor from Harvest? I said, it is. And, you know, and so grateful because you, God just had you at the right time with his family members and my family members there and just praying with them in the parking lot, you know, having um, them see that and hearing, you know, um, the prayers go up. Well, I remember that so vividly. Because, you know, really the report was that Tony was probably gone. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was coming to try to comfort you and your kids. And I remember this so clearly, April. Um, And then later I saw it, you know, through Tony. Because really I didn't know you very well Mm -hmm. at that time. But your faith was so strong then, even in the middle of all that. We're standing outside, right outside that entryway. And your family all around and... Really, the whole family, we just mm-hmm. held hands and prayed. Um, but I remember your faith of just saying, God's in control here, and we're going to trust him. Um, and your kids, and everybody brokenhearted, of course, but just this idea that we're going to trust him. 
And then actually it wasn't that long after that where he started to get a little kind of sense of some hope, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the next day he had some movement and the doctors were didn't know what to do. And then he woke up. Yeah. But with him waking up, they didn't think he will come back 100%. Mm -hmm. And then one doctor said, that's impossible. Mm. And I said, nothing is impossible (laughs) when it comes to God. I said, I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, what the results were going to be, but just trusting and knowing that he's in God's hands. Mm -hmm. He's made that decision so many years ago. And just knowing if God allows this to happen for him to be with the Lord, we have peace because mm. he's with him. Yeah. If he allows him to be here with whatever state, then that's God's plan and that's God's will for us. So just taking it, you know, as as God brings it forward. Yeah. Tony, do you remember waking up? What's your first <clears throat> memories after that? So when I woke up, one of the things I did was ask myself, where am I? <laughs> you know, I looked over, I looked straight up and the lights were so bright and so white. that I was like, am I in heaven? And I looked over <laughs> and I saw April crying. And when I saw her crying, I said, am I dead? Mm. I started picking up my arms and mm. like, I'm alive, you know, I'm alive. And I was like, I looked at her and I'm, where am I at? Then in the background, the nurse is there. Do you know your name? Do you know where you are? I said, I know my name, but where am I? Mm. You know, can you tell me your name? I said, yeah, my name is Anthony and go, go. You know, they were just looking at me in a way like, what just happened here? Yeah. From that point, I I looked at April and she was filled with tears. And I said, can you tell me what's going on? I'm starting Mm. to get scared, (laughs) you know. But uh, yeah, it was when she had told me what had happened. I was like, I just felt like I had a really good sleep. Mm. You know, I just I woke up so um, energetic. I did not feel tired at all. And I was like can I go home? Hmm. But, uh, you know, little did I know until the doctors came and said, do you know what just happened to you? And then when they started telling me everything and I was like, wow, Lord. Yeah. Um, and I said, uh, Lord, I'm afraid. Please comfort us. Comfort me at this time. If it's your will, I pray that you would allow me to be able to get back on my feet and provide for my family. Hmm. You know, I said, I don't understand it all, but I put my trust in you. And God has done that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Miraculously, I mean, just so miraculously, but God has brought you back. And there were some, you know, some steps, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that disease and all of that, that it took the toll on your body. And so there was a little bit of time and Mm -hmm. recovery, but God's given you full recovery, right, Tony? Yeah. I have full recovery. Yeah. Well, it's been a, quite a testimony um, for you, for your faith, testimony with your family. So cool to have your family see that see your god and we in our faith is strong you know not every time do we Mm -hmm. have the healing and that's really part of your story that i watched april and your kids which was god whatever you do here we'll trust you and uh we're so thankful that god gave that health back and uh he's got plans for your lives i know Mm -hmm. that and we're seeing that you know kind of live itself out plans for your testimony your story together so time goes fast and we went over time but thank you guys for sharing you know, your testimony and being willing to share what God's done in your life. All the glory goes to him. Amen. Yes, amen. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. At this point in the program, we always want to personally invite you again 
to services at Harvest Baptist Church. We meet at 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. every Sunday. We have Japanese and Korean translation at that 10.45 a.m. service. And that's also when we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We hope to see you this Sunday. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.